Last week, I was out when, one day, and I was driving, and I was driving back home, and there was, you know, it was at the end of sort of rush hour traffic, it was, uh, it, it was, I was taking the highway, it was going to be going home, and there was probably going to be a lot of traffic. So I put on Waze in my car. And, and Waze was telling me to take another route than the, the one that I know is the most direct. And I'm debating, you know, like, man, you know, I'm looking at the time, arrival time, you know, like, and I'm like, should I, should I follow Waze? Should I just go the way I know? And, you know, like a lemming, because I'm a moron, you know, like a, like a lemming, I, I followed Waze. And it took me on all these little side streets. And, and all those side streets were clogged up too. And so I kept seeing my arrival time getting later and later. And I'm getting really annoyed at myself for following this stupid GPS. And I ended up taking like, you know, adding 20 minutes to my trip, which was already going to be long because of traffic. And, and I think the stupid app sent me along the route as a guinea pig to see if it was faster. Not because they knew it was faster, because they were using me to test out for anybody else. To whom do you give authority in your life? Because whether we're aware of it or not, we give authority in our lives to countless people, and now things. We give authority to things, too. Some, some of those people, some of those, those people we know, you know, we give authority. Our boss has some authority over us. You know, um, your child's teacher has some authority over, you know, what happens in their life and, and, and a bunch of other things. And, but then and we give authority to people we don't even know. You know, this, I mean, police officers have a certain amount of authority. You know, you might work in a, in a big company and the CEO of that company, you may never have met, may not even live in the same country. But that person has an awful lot of authority over your, your life. And, you know, the, or the, you may know your kid's teacher, but the president of the school board, you do not know. And that person has authority on your, over your life. That person gets to decide whether school, whether, you know, Thursday with the, the freezing rain, whether that was a snow day or not. That's going to affect your life an awful lot. You don't know who that person is making that decision. You don't know what they're, they're basing it on weathermen that you, that you don't even know. And then we give over authority to technology, to apps on our phone, to that Waze on our phone, to the, the weather app. It helps me, makes me decide how, how I'm going to dress that morning. Is the weather app on my phone. We give authority to a lot of people in a lot of different ways. You know, the, last year I went to a conference in London and I, and I was at the, you know, I was going to go to this conference and I was a few months for, away from, this was uh, in May and, you know, I don't know when it was, it was probably like in March or April. I'm talking to one of my buddies we're out at the pub and we're having a couple of drinks. I'm talking, oh, I'm going to be going to London for this thing. And, and he says, hmm, London, huh, that's cool. 
mind if I tag along? Maybe I'll, like, I'll join you at the end of the conference. We'll spend a couple of days in London. I said, oh, that'd be cool. So, you know, we're, we're talking this over. At the end of the night, we're in an Irish pub. So we decided to also go to Ireland. So we're going to tag on this little trip after the end of my conference and, and go to, to Ireland. And at the end of the night, we decided, yeah, this sounds great. This is good. And my friend says, ah, I'm in for sure. I just got to run it by the boss at home. He's got to run it by his wife. And, and he says that about his wife, jokingly calling her the boss. But there's truth behind that. I mean, he loves his wife. And he doesn't want to deliberately do something that would go against her wishes or hurt her. And he also trusts her judgment. And he knows that she loves him and wants what's best for him and their family. So he got home. And I think probably the next day or the day after, that's when he, he asked, you know, not, not at 12.30 at night, honey, wake you, waking you up after being at the pub all night for this fantastic idea. But anyway, the, uh, he decides, you know, the, the next day he, he asks her. He gives authority to her to make the decision. He's, he's ceding his authority and that decision to her. And really, isn't that the real type of authority we want in our lives? Way more so than a GPS on our phone? Because you know, at least for the really important things, I want to give my authority. I want to give some of my authority to people, someone I love, someone I trust, someone I know loves me. That's a way better guide to follow than ways. Well, that's what it means to follow Jesus, to be his disciple. Today, we conclude our three-week look at what it means to be a missionary disciple. And in the gospel today, the crowds are beginning to recognize the authority that Jesus has. They may not be at the point yet where they're willing to give him the full authority that they would to a spouse but they're recognizing that, that Jesus lives his life authentically. That he has a deep understanding of the human condition, of the human heart. And that he cares deeply for them. They're starting to see that Jesus is, well, he's always healing. He's casting out evil. He's freeing us from the things that bind us up. He truly wants what's best for the person that he's talking to, the person he's with. And, you know, today's gospel, this is the first chapter of Mark's gospel. So this is the beginning of Jesus's public ministry. And we see that he's starting to attract larger crowds now. And we know that some of those who are present will go on to become missionary disciples of Jesus. And why? What makes the difference between a person who comes to see Jesus, who comes to see what this is all about, and one who actually wants to follow Jesus, to be a disciple? What makes a disciple? Well, it seems to me that the difference is starting to take shape. 
Disciples follow Jesus. Disciples choose to, to have Jesus as a mentor, and they give over authority to him in their life. Not, not authority like a GPS, but because we assume it has some sort of special knowledge or that it, it, it has some, you know, it has some grand overview of, of all the traffic in our city and knows the best way at all times. No. We give over authority to Jesus just like a spouse, a parent, a mentor, because we love and trust them. We trust their judgment. And most importantly, we know they love us and want what's best for us. Being a disciple is a decision we make to give over authority to Jesus, but it's also a commitment to developing that relationship with him. So we can grow in trust and confidence in the Lord. And growing that relationship means, you know, taking time in prayer each day. It means reading scripture to know how God, how God works in the world and better understand what he wants for us. Not what he wants from us, but what he wants for us. And it's trying to live our lives and put into practice what the Lord wants, trusting that he's there alongside us. You know, I remember when I was working in an office, I was, uh, I used to work in, in a stock brokerage firm. And, and one time I, I knew I was going to have to have a really tough conversation with somebody. It was coming up on a performance review and, we, you know, a few of us in the office assumed this person had developed a, a drinking problem. And so I was going to have to have this conversation. And I was dreading the conversation. You know, how do I deal with this? What do I do? And so you come up on that, that day for that, whatever, the, the performance review. And let me tell you, it did not go well. They got all defensive. They got angry. They stormed out. I, I was just left reeling. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know that how to deal with this. This is my, my first time. I was like probably 28 or 29 trying to deal with this. And it was like, this person was older than me. I, I didn't, man, I was, that was a mess that day. That was a messy situation. And I compare that to the times in my life now when I've had to have a tough conversation with someone, when I, when I take time to pray about it, to ask for God's help, when I take time to actually ask God, what, what do they want out of this conversation? What's the best outcome for both person? When I pray for the other person, not just for me, not just for the, the situation I'm in, having to have this conversation, but praying for them. And what I usually find is it goes so much better than anticipated. Because God not only is with me in that moment, not only do we sometimes take time to pray in that moment beforehand together, but God has actually gone ahead to prepare the way with the other person. And so that conversation goes way better than I could have ever hoped for. Being a disciple isn't adding a burden to my life, it actually makes things easier because Jesus 
carries the burden with me. Maybe not for me. He doesn't carry it entirely for me. I still got my part to play. But he's there with me. And so please, if you haven't already made the decision to follow Jesus, give him authority in your life. In fact, if you'd like, we can do that right now. Just going to ask you to to pray with me. If you haven't made this decision and you want to, just join with me in this prayer. If you've already made the decision to commit to Jesus, put him at the center of your life, you can recommit to that today. So let's just take a moment to center ourselves. Maybe if you want to close your eyes, and I'll just ask you to repeat quietly to yourself this prayer. Lord God, thank you for sending your son Jesus who proved your love for me on the cross. I invite you to be at the center of my life, to be my savior, And Lord, I want to follow you and give you authority over all parts of my life. Direct me by your Holy Spirit and help me to live the gospel with my whole life. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for saying yes to God, to putting Jesus first. And I believe becoming a disciple is the best decision you can make. That That's... That's the disciple part of this idea of being a missionary disciple. And the missionary part, well, that's actually the simplest part of this whole thing. It's a little, probably the scarier part, but it's actually the simpler part of this whole thing. It's just sharing what God is doing in your life. Just sharing that with others. It's not that complicated. You know, about a year ago, I went to Bossa over there on Wellington Street for the first time. Someone recommended it to me, so I go over there, have a sandwich. It was a fantastic sandwich. And, and it's, been, it's such a great sandwich that I've been telling people about it ever since. Some people I even invited, hey, I'm going to go to Bossa. You want to come with me? I invited them to go try it with me. I probably talked to a couple of dozen people about Bosa since I first tried it a year ago. And it's a stupid sandwich shop. Jesus is the one who, who got up on the cross to save me. And I think I'm such a doughhead that I've invited just as many people to go try a sandwich as I've invited in, a, in the past year to, to, 
to explore their faith, to deepen it, to get involved in, in Alpha, to come to church, or, or people that I've even shared my faith with. I'm, I'm not really good at this, but I'm trying. I'm trying to get better. Being a missionary disciple is just being able to share your story, share what your faith brings you. So I'm going to challenge you to take one tiny step, a tiny step in that direction. This is something I used to do when I worked in an office. And so tomorrow, when you go into work, you know, and whatever time, you know, whatever point you're getting a coffee in the morning or having lunch or something like that, tomorrow when you're at work and you're chatting with everybody about what they did over the weekend, what you did over the weekend, you know, I'm just going to ask you, don't leave out what you did here this morning, that you came to church this morning. You don't have to make a big deal about it. You can say something like, Oh, yeah, and, and on Sunday after church, I went over to Bosa and got this sandwich. Have you tried their sandwiches? They're really good. And see what happens. Because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen if you do that. They're going to ask about the sandwich. And you can talk about the sandwich. You can talk about whatever else. If you ended up, if you know, you just went home and watched football this afternoon. I don't care. Just they're going to ask about that. They're not going to ask about church. That's what's going to happen but it's going to help you. Hey, I, I just told people I go to church. I told people I don't normally tell about a part of my life that means something to me. And after a few weeks, after doing that for a few weeks and just talking about your weekend, including church as part of what you do, someday they'll ask about it. It won't be tomorrow when you go in there, that's for sure. But someday, they'll ask about it. And then you can invite them to come and see. You don't have to, you don't have to break open the Bible and explain everything to them. Because if you can do that, you got to come and do it to me. Because I, I don't know everything about the Bible either. But come and do that. Or just invite them to come and see. Being a missionary isn't complicated. It's just being true to who we are. Someone who's decided to follow Jesus and, and wants to share the joy and the peace from having him at the center of our life.